welcome to episode eight of Slaytanic Verkast, the internet's only comprehensive chronological retrospective of the world's greatest thrash metal band, the mighty Slayer. Each week, we dissect a track from their back catalogue by playing through the song, analysing the lyrics and giving a final appraisal. I'm Mo from France and to my west, broadcasting from an industrial freezer in Preston, it's Dr. Dequescence. How you doing, Doc? I am in a brilliant mood. Go on. For the first time in a long time, um, the temperature suits my personality. Mm -hmm. um, the decay has slowed to almost nothing. Mm -hmm. No significant parts of it have dropped off within the last several days. Good. Um, and I can actually smell other things above the normal fetter of my own flesh. Now, it's wonderful. I visited you a couple of times over the last couple of months. And we, you know, we, we have a very honest relationship. And, you know, you seem to understand that the reason I don't come to see you more often is, 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 is frankly, because you, you, you stink, you smell revolting. Um, is that changing? For as long as I'm in the industrial freezer, yeah. Um, mm. the, 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 the rank odour has dropped to almost nothing. Good. Um, I dread spring um, the way that other people dread food. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have a few months respite now because it, it's, it's, it's cooling down now, uh, nicely outside. Um, and the time will come, probably in about a month, when I can sort of freely move around without attracting too much attention, except from blue bottles. Well, I was going and to they say they mostly have died off. Yes, I was going to say you. The, the attention you generally attract is, is that from the flies. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the expression "fly blown" was 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 born for you, Doctor Lequescence. Um, you, you, you're a lovely man. But it is it is difficult to get near you from, from an olfactory perspective. Yeah, I mean, um, hopefully by the time next summer rolls around, um, I'll have been able to stabilise the metabolism really quite a bit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the intravenous liquid nitrogen um, will go some way towards doing it. Um, well, because it's just becoming increasingly irritating having to slap the right hand side of my head to bash the eggs out of my left ear. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa. Of course. Yeah. Now, from a more from a more pleasant perspective, I've learnt that I have a bunch of rosehip berries growing in my garden. This has really cheered me up, actually, because as you know, we are in lockdown here in here in France. Um, but what this means is that maybe I can pick these rosehip berries and make myself some lovely rose hip jam or some lo lovely rose hip syrup. Either that, or if I use the correct part of the plant, I can make a poison to kill my enemies. What would you do, Doc? <laughs> um, with rose hips? Um, I would make rose hip tea. Oh, go on. Not, not, not very big on jam. Um... Never, never enjoyed the stuff very much. Can't, can't, mm. can't really explain why. Um, it's, I like it's a spoon quite, of sugar in my. Uh, it's quite liquescent. Yeah, um, and may, maybe it feels a little bit too much like autocannibalism. It's a bit too close to home, a bit too close to the bone, yeah. as it were. A quick glimpse behind the curtain. As we record, 
our American cousins are currently in the process of voting in the next president of the United States. So come on, Trump, kick his ass. Come on, Biden, kick his ass. Delete as appropriate in edit. Should we get started, Doc? I think we should. Okay, so we, as usual, we start with some corrections uh, because we are utter fools. So I think we've got two today. Uh, let me just check. Mm, oh, no, we've got three. Three corrections today. Correction number one. Terrorizer does still exist. Last, last episode, we were talking about the, terror, the, the magazine Terrorizer, and I think we both felt that, that, that it was... We, we were talking about it in the past tense, weren't we? Um, and we were wrong to do so. I kind of... I kind of assume that, that any artifact of my youth um, mm. is probably now extinct. Yeah, totally understandable. As we speak, edition 287 is on the shelves, both physically and digitally, um, with the excellent At The Gates on the front cover. So not much has changed in the past 20 years, let's be honest. Correction number two. The Axel Rose interview that I referenced last episode was not from 1996, but was in fact from 1988. I said that therapy were on the bill. This is also not true. The lineup was, here we go. This was Donington, 1988. In reverse order, Neil Kay, whoever he be, Bailey Brothers, whoever they be, then we get to some known quantity. Do you know who they are, Doc, incidentally? Neil Kay, Bailey Brothers. <laughs> Those names are wholly new to me. Good. I'm glad it's not just me. Then we get to known quantities. Halloween, Guns N' Roses, Megadeth, David Lee Roth. The, the, the support act was Kiss, and the headliners were, of course, Iron Maiden. Now, in the last episode, I included the YouTube audio of the interview that I was talking about. Now, what's very interesting, Doc, he did not say even half of the negative things about Maiden that were in my memory. Over, over the elapsing 25 or 30 years, I have blown this interview up in my mind to be something far more dramatic and bigger than it was. The evidence is there, I said my words, I was then honest enough to put the actual audio there so you can compare and contrast what I said with, with the reality. My, how the memory plays tricks. It's unbelievable. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. Um, it kind of makes a few uh, sense of a few things, though. Um, I don't think it's surprising that you might have remembered Axl Rose being more obnoxious than he actually was. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I'd ever read an interview with Guns N' Roses in 1988. Okay. The peculiar thing is that, um, true to his persona, um, the things with which you credited him as saying, he might even have had some justification in saying in mm. 1988. Mm. Um, I believe we thought it took the interview took place in about 1996, mm -hmm. um, when Guns N' Roses' star was sort of very much in the Descendant. In 1988, it was obviously anything but in the Descendant. Of course. Um, and it's it's interesting to me that um, Guns N' Roses were 
humble enough to take a position that low on the bill since I, I'm going to stick my neck out here. I think Guns N' Roses were arguably the biggest band in the world in the year 1988. The, the, the lineage is, is tough for me. I, I don't know, you know, when, when did Appetite for Destruction come out? I, I, I don't know the date. Um, I want to say, I, I want to say 1989. I think that's when they became the biggest band in the world. I think, I think when you had Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, and Sweet Child of Mine, I think when those three back-to-back singles were released, I think that's when they became the biggest rock band in the world. For, you know, for, for, for that brief period. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, by, um, I can promise you by the autumn of 1991, Nevermind came out and it was all over for every, um, oh, everybody else with a guitar. Of course, absolutely, of course. Grunge came and crushed all before it might, of course. Now, the third correction... It's total stupidity on my part. Stupidity in two parts. Part one, track eight on Show No Mercy is not Chronix, but is in fact the final command, which will be today's track. Apologies for people that uh, listen to Chronix in advance. Um, and part two, Chronix, I confidently stated, was spelt with an X, not with a CS. Now, I can find no evidence of this. It is spelled with a CS everywhere, everywhere I look. Here's the thing though, Doc. I feel this is a case of the Mandela effect. I am totally convinced when I owned Shona Mercy on cassette, Chronix was spelt with an X. I am convinced of this. Um, um, I never even heard the track title, I don't believe, until um, this time last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't like to comment. I would like to comment um, that you've kind of got, you may have some sort of idea motor effect, mm-hmm. um, not, not, not quite a, a, a Mandala effect, um, but some sort of idea motor effect um, in as much as something has placed, your, uh, something has placed an idea in your mind um, and you have involuntarily... Um, changed circumstances to make it fit. And I think what put the idea in your mind was um, an oft-cited late punk, early hardcore band who thrash bands love to talk about being influenced by, which was Amoebics spelled Amoebics, you're right, of course, Amoebics. And in fact, one of my early bands, we covered one of their songs called Spoils of Victory. So I am very aware of the existence of Amoebics because I have played some of their music. Um, So yeah, that that is a possibility. However, I do prefer to believe that I am living in an alternate existence to the one into which I was born. Um, Topic for this week. (laughs) (laughs) The topic for this week. Talk to me, Doc, if you will, about great band names, regardless of genre. So, you know, a band that, 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 that dubs themselves with just a fabulous moniker. It doesn't matter what style that they come from. And does anything spring to mind? Oh, sure. Uh, my favorite band have the best band name in the world, which is Joy Division. Mm-hmm. Um, Explain. There's, uh, I mean, it's, um, it's the perfect name. Uh, I mean, um, beyond the obvious Northern irony um, of um, a band um, so unbelievably gloomy giving themselves a name with the word joy in the title, um, mm. it's in itself a Pulp Fiction reference. 
Um, I mean, it's a reference to actual Pulp Fiction um, as opposed to the, 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 the film starring Samuel, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, <clears throat> it's a perfect playing up of, um, I think probably nowadays you, you, you'd say some, some, some edgy imagery, which they were flirting with at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding of Joy Division is sorry, sorry to interrupt. My, inter, my my understanding of Joy Division um, is that this is a reference to the, the 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 young girls and women that were forced to pleasure um, German soldiers during and officers during the Second World War. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, the 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 book. Um, which may be the origin of the expression. Mm. Um, it may actually have been in use during World War II. There are scant references to the expression, except for um, this one sort of um, either lightly fictionalized account or wholly fictionalized piece of fiction. Um, and um, the the Joy Division is um, part of it, it's 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 rest and recuperation for officers, and it's a section mm-hmm. of the concentration camp where the most attractive young women. Um, are spared from hard labour for a little while, at least, in order to perform services of, of, of forced prostitution. Mm. And the book itself, when, when, when the band um, took their name from it, the book was not particularly well-known. Um, I think it's probably a little bit more well-known now. Um, it was, in, in, in my sort of sixth form days, um, it was a very prized sort of underground artefact. That, that, that got passed around a lot. Um, and I think I probably sort of still have my dog-eared copy of it on my bookshelf somewhere. There's no record of it ever being a banned book or a restricted book or even mm-hmm. a particularly hard to get hold of book. Um, but um, because it, it's, it's, it's a very lurid mixture of, um, I, I believe um, probably based on first-hand accounts um, and then heavily fictionalised. Any other interesting band names that, 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 that spring to mind, Doc? I am still um, beyond impressed by the name of the band Deerside. Um, okay. In the, climate, in the climate of the late 80s, I don't know what monstrous balls you would have to have had to have been living in the southern US in a very conservative, very, very Christian area um, and to have named your band Deerside. But do you not think um, that's because most people wouldn't know what the word Deerside means? Of course, we know it because, you know, because, because, because we dig thrash and death, but your average, you know, southern state hick would not know what the word Deerside... I don't care how religious they are, they would not know what that word meant, surely. I still think it, it, it's 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 a brilliantly provocative name. Mm. Um, the ones that come close, there, there are several names that that, that come close, and um, you just have to sort of pass a hand over your forehead and think: in the climate you were living in, in the country you were living in, um, how did you ever dare to write the name of your band on a poster? How did you dare to write the name of that band on a backdrop and play in front of it in a tiny mm. little club where someone could easily give you a right good thumping? Any um, any examples? Uh, Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys, oh sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously. Um, uh, um, Rape Man Mm -hmm. is another one that springs to mind. Um, We've transitioned really from great band names to provocative band names. um, 
I don't necessarily know uh, that I make a distinction. Mm. Um, I, I can think of many, many good band names. Mm. Um, I know recently, since, since 1990, um, there's been a move to not name your band anything particularly meaningful. Sure. And particularly in the era of the World Wide Web, um, you want a band name that's going to disambiguate in a search engine. The, I've got three yep. that I've picked. My three, and, and, and this is not based particularly on my love of the bands, but, uh, but I just think these are great, evocative band names. Band name number one, Pulled Apart by Horses. I think that's just excellent. Excellent, excellent as, as, as a name. Pulled Apart by Horses. Fabulous. I think these are a kind of hardcore, kind of post-hardcore band. I don't, I'm not really familiar with their, with their music, but I think it's a great name. Uh, band name number two, and you shall know me by the trail of the dead. Wonderful. What a great, great name. Um, you know, and the, and the last one, maybe, maybe, the, the, maybe the only one of these three that, you, that you'd be familiar with, Dr. L, is uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor, um, which is just fabulous. Now, all of mine are quite similar, aren't they, really? But I just like this. I just like this use of language. It's evocative. There's great imagery involved. It paints a picture in your head. Um, and we know that they're not going to be kind of nice, pleasant pop bands, irrespective of the genre they're playing. We're going a bit long. Doc, shall we move on? Yes, I think we should. Okay, welcome to part two of the show. Here, we play the track, pause it from time to time to discuss what we're listening to, and generally just get our thrash on. Now, for this week's show, Doc, I prepared Chronics because I made a total mistake. But of course, that's next week's track. So I haven't really heard this song before. So I'm kind of going in a little bit blind. <laughs> Have I put the wrong album on? Have I inadvertently put Iron Maiden's first album on by mistake? I think you might well have done. Except um, I think someone's been keeping the production on a starvation diet in between, like, the last time you heard the first Iron Maiden album and that track. Sure. It's a bit skinny, isn't it? You think it's a bit skinny, skinny, tinny, tinny, skinny? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see what happens when another instrument starts playing. Let's go. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to pause it again, but this, this really is Phantom of the Opera, isn't it? This, this, this really could be Daley Thompson lined up, ready to sprint, you know, just, just, just so he can get to his bottle of LucasAid as quickly as possible. That's right. Um, and uh, if, the rest, if the other instruments are not introduced uh, by a frenetic shout of, whoa, yeah, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. <laughs> Let's find out. I don't, I, I don't want to presage the, uh, the the final verdict, but absolutely terrible so far. That, I mean, that, that, that's my initial impression. Well, um, 
the, literally the only thing I can think is, um, can we shit can this and I'll go and listen to Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> Fingers crossed, it improves. Let, 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 let's find out. <laughs> Where the fuck is the bass? The guitars are so tinny, you, you should be able to hear the bass beneath that. Where the fuck is the bass, Doc? Um, I literally haven't got a clue. Um, mm. I don't even know what the recording engineer was doing mm -hmm. um, when the tape was rolling. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't sound cheap. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's, there's a decent microphone in use. Mm. Um, the guitar sound isn't bad. I can't get away from the idea that they want that. That's, that's the sound they wanted. Um, yeah. It wasn't that the equipment was too poor or the recording engineer couldn't capture that sound. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that's the sound they wanted. The question that remains is, why did they want that sound? It's horrible. Yeah, not, not, not very good at all. But, but interestingly, again, a different production model than we've heard previously on the album. I mean, let, 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 let's think about the drums. I've become conscious over the last two or three episodes that certainly from my point of view, I seem to be kind of forgetting about the drums a little bit. And this is grossly unfair because I love Dave Lombardo. He is unquestionably my, you know, my favourite drummer. But on this album, you know, he's not showcased in any way. Um, the, 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 you know, the kind of justifies or celebrates his, his talents. The drumming, the, the, the production on the drums here is absolutely appalling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, I've mentioned this about a couple of tracks on this album, um, but on this one, I, I, I don't think I'd be correct in saying they ran out of um, cheap, sure, SM58s. Mm. Um, when they were miking up the kit. For the listeners that, that, that may not know, the SM58, that's kind of the standard recording microphone, isn't it, basically? Um, it's built for live work. Um, mm -hmm. It's practically indestructible. You can bounce yeah. it off the stage. You can bounce it off audience members' heads. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll know an SM58 by the taste of other people's spit and other people's cigarettes and other people's vodka in it. Sure, um, sure. If, um, but I mean, they're, they're no way studio quality microphones. Mm -hmm. They get pressed into service a lot as studio microphones um, in cheap little studios of the kind which Mo and I have a great deal of experience of. Mm -hmm. um, they are what they are. You can't say they're a bad microphone, but they're in no way a microphone that's built or intended for a studio quality recording. Mm -hmm. um, you can get decent results with them, but no more than that. Yeah, And this is what's so mystifying about this track. The equipment that's used, the, the tape recorder, um, the microphones, the studio environment, sounds like a step up from a couple of the other badly produced tracks on this album. 
it just sounds like that whoever was working the deck um, either didn't have a clue what the band was supposed to sound like, was completely mystified by the whole concept of thrash. Mm -hmm. um, there's another possibility. Um, they thought that for some reason, the appalling recording quality of hardcore was um, a creative choice and not just a function of having no money and no time. Um, I, I'm still struggling to figure out what anyone involved in the song thinks they were doing. Do you not think, though, it is fair enough if the sound engineer, you know, recording this wasn't au fait with what thrash should sound like, given that it was a, like a totally new genre at the time? You know, can, can, can we not give him or her a little bit of a pass to say, you know, how can he know what to do when, he, when he's totally brand new? Absolutely, I would. Um, you can hear a lot of early death metal albums um, where uh, recording engineers clearly don't understand how key the double bass is. Sure. Um, that's completely understandable. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably music they've never heard before. Um, but if the engineer had done what he usually did <clears throat> um, to record a bog-standard rock band um, doing fog hat covers from the 70s. Just use that recording setup. At least you'd have been able to hear all the drums. At least you'd be able to hear the bass. Yes, I mean, the, 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 the absence of the bass, given the, you know, the, 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 the lack of any, not even middle, there's no bottom end on the guitar. There's not even any middle on the guitar. It's all top end on the guitar. The absence of the bass is a genuine mystery to me. Um, yeah, there's only one album I can think of that sounds like this, um, that one album that other people may have heard of. Um, it's the first album by The Clash. Um, and in that case, I'm very much prepared to say that that was a creative choice. It's, um, it's an anti-heavy metal, anti-hard rock production style. Um, the guitars are very thin and very tinny. The vocals are too high in the mix. Mm. It's under no circumstances what you'd call a good piece of production, but it's a statement piece of production. It's, this is not heavy metal. This is, this, this is not hard rock. Mm -hmm. um, this is something completely different. And this is what it sounds like. Sure. Um, so uh, that, that's the only antecedent for something purposefully being done like this. Mm. Um, but this most assuredly is heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no way getting around. This, this, this piece of music is heavy metal and, and it, it deserves to sound like heavy metal. sound like there's three guitars playing there there's only two guitarists in the band how is it possible um the obvious explanation is um they had some time to do an overdub mm -hmm. um what it sounds like to me with no evidence whatsoever um is that one of the guitarists has <clears throat> begged or borrowed or loaned um a harmonizer mm -hmm. 
Um, so effectively, it's the one guitar playing and there's a, a, a cunning bit of equipment that uh, reproduces whatever he's playing um, at a pitch harmonised okay. um, to that. Uh-huh. I don't imagine digital harmonisers were common mm. or inexpensive. They're not mm. common or inexpensive now. And I imagine they were very uncommon and very expensive when this album was made. Mm. Um, it's helping me develop a theory about this track, which I'm going to expound on a little bit later. Is that, is that a prompt for us to continue a little, a little further into the track, Doc? Yeah, let's listen to some more of it. Let's go. of a headache and, it, and it, it's it it is just down to the production it is so top heavy um i'm finding it kind of burrowing into my brain and and and, and not in a pleasant way not in not in a kind of angel of death kind of you know kind of attacks your brain kind of way it, it's just painful. The, the production on this is, 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 is so terrible. I think it's taking a song that could actually be pretty damn good and utterly, utterly crushing it beneath its jackboot. Um, I can't really disagree with you. Mm. It's, it's noisy, um, but lacking all trace of intent. It's, it, it's just noisy. Um, yeah. And that's not an artefact of a poor tape recorder, we forgive. It's not an artifact of a cheap studio, which I could forgive. Um, it's not even a, a, an artifact of a, a creative decision. Um, I own plenty of albums which are noisy for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of nothing but my own attempts um, at production. It's the results of someone with little natural talent, little practiced ability, not enough time or resource to get better and all the evidence is made with far superior equipment to anything that I ever managed to get hold of. The sound engineer um, has totally fucked this up, hasn't he? Yeah, and I, I am come, trying to come up with scenarios under which this might have happened. Um, I find it hard to believe that the sound engineer did not know what he was doing. Because sure. if, he'd, um, if he'd engineered the setup, um, as if it was a perfectly normal hard rock band of the kind that he got in every week, making the little cassette demo to sell at their live show, it would have sounded better than this. Um, I'm actually quite angry at the moment, Doc. So you're probably beginning to understand why I've been in a slightly rancorous mood Mm. um, during this evening and during this episode. It had that effect on me. Had it not been for um, the fact that I was doing it for work, uh, for the purposes of, of, of this podcast, I would not have made it this far into the track. Greet your teeth. Let's finish it off. <laughs> Slayer's debut album, Show No Mercy. 
I didn't like that at all, Dr. L. So here's the role it fulfills in my life. Um, attempting to mind something positive. This was what I was prepared for from the whole entire album. Mm -hmm. um, in my imagination, before I took up the album again to begin re-listening to it for the purposes of, uh, of this podcast, um, I think I sort of had in mind that is what the whole album would sound like. Okay. I'm almost relieved way that there is actually one track and hopefully just one track on the Wretched Thing um, that lives down to my expectations. Sure. Because my expectations have been utterly confounded by mm. every single track so far. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell nobody liked this track very much. It's, bur it's, it's, it's buried in the album graveyard. It's halfway through, it's, it's halfway through side two. I suppose the only thing that's really an askance is how did it ever make the cut at all? Um, I, I mean, what what get what got left on the floor um, to enable this to be in the best twelve tracks they were able to assemble for the purposes of the first album? Ten tracks for the album, but I, but I take your point. I think the reason I'm so irritated by it is I think it has the I think it has great potential. I would argue that so far, this is the track that is closest to something off Rain in Blood, for example. If you think about the structure of the song, you know, it's two and a half minutes long. It's pretty much verse, chorus, verse, chorus, break, verse, chorus. Um, it's pretty full on and relentless. It doesn't drop speed at any point. Um, I think this is nascent Rain in Blood Slayer. But the execution of the production is so piss poor, it, it, it just undercuts anything that they're trying to achieve. I don't actually think the song is terrible. I just think the execution of the song is woeful beyond, beyond belief. I hated it, Doc. Um, I would normally say that um, I always admire ambition above ability. Yeah. Um, and since I can go with what you just said, um, yes, all of the things that would later come to fruition on Rain and Blood um, are here in a very primitive stage. Mm -hmm. um, I can't understand why um, they didn't perform a gruesome medical experiment. Um, call forward on the song, chop it to bits, take the best bits out of it, because there are a couple of good bits, um, and reuse them to make a better song. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why they didn't realise that this this recording of this track was 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 stillborn um, sure. the moment they played it back. And in comparison um, to what's gone before, I mean, it, it sticks out like, like 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 a sore thumb, doesn't it? This is track eight. We've had seven very at least good songs. Some are very good, you know. One real blisterer. But, but, you know, but, but seven good songs generally. And then this one comes along and it stinks the place up. And it's so damn lazy as well. I, I mean, this, it's, not just, it's not just a knowing nod to Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. um, it's, um, it's a shameless knockoff of Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. um, and as with pathetic knockoffs, all it does is remind you of the song you'd rather be listening to. Tom's vocals as well, I, I find them absolutely, it's so abrasive. Um, you know, but he's hitting those high notes far too frequently. 
Um, it, it, it's, it's like he knows it's a piece of shit and, he, and he's just trying to distract you from it by, you know, just by kind of, if I sing high enough, I'll actually pierce their eardrums and they can't hear this crap any further. <laughs> you know, no, nothing about this, nothing about this was enjoyable for me. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm furious, Doc. In fact, I'm going to end the episode right now. I'm not going to do that, but that's the kind of mood I'm in at the moment. Rubbish. I'm still struggling to find something redeeming in it. My fallback under these uh, under these circumstances is always the track was horrible. The track was really really bad, um, but it was clearly an experiment that went badly wrong, mm-hmm. um, and it was left in there as a matter of historical record. I'm going to follow on from you and say um, as a discarded prototype um, of what would eventually become some of the tracks off Rain and Blood. It may be interesting as a piece of historical record. Mm -hmm. Um, I take that. I do take that. As a thing I ever want to listen to again in my life, um, no, never. I wonder if it was recorded, you know, you know, in a decent manner with with some bottom end and and with the sound of the bass and a decent drum kit, I wonder, I do wonder, is there a song here? Because I think there is. I really do think there is, but alas, we will never know. Um, if the guitar parts had displayed more originality, um, there might have been a song there. Let's, let's press on. Welcome to part three of the show, Evil Speak. Here, we read through and dissect the lyrics that Tom screams in our general direction. So, here goes. Verse one. Screams of terror across the sea, begging for mercy in their one final plea. Soldiers prepare to fight to the death, fighting and killing to their very last breath. Blitzkrieg tactics of the German command, born with the power of God in his hand. He makes his move to conquer the land, turning all hopes of life to sand. And wasn't that bland? (laughs) Go on, Doc, give me your thoughts. It's... I don't know whether to say this is the first piece of truly banal 12-year-old poetry mm-hmm. that Slayer have produced. Yeah. Or um, whether it reads like the work of a bunch of has-beens going back to the well for the 1,000th time. Uh, everyone knows Slayer, right? Lots of songs about World War II. What do we expect from Slayer? Let's write a song about World War II. Um, that can't be true, can it's it? Because it, 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 this is this is right at the beginning of their career, so that can't be true. Um, of course, it can't be true. It yeah. just feels like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I, I take your point. This, this is, you know, high school, high school lyricism at best, isn't it? Um, it's got the imagination and ability, and ability that you'd expect from an overenthusiastic twelve-year-old, mm-hmm. but mixed with jadedness and boredom um, that you expect from. 
a band well into their 50s who are going through the motions for one last paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, let's go through some of those words and let's, let's try and be charitable and let's see if we can make sense. Um, let's spend a bit more time on this thing than they clearly have. Sure. Screams of terror across the sea, begging for mercy in their one final plea. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to pin down even what campaign this might be referring to, what battle this might be referring to. Well, I, I took uh, it to be from an Americo-centric point of view. Um, so this is, you know, an American person contemplating the plight of Europe during the early stages of World War II. Just that across the yeah, sea part. Um, I did, I did, so, so we're here... We're on, we're on the continent of, of, of America. We're okay at the moment, but our cousins over there are screaming in pain and begging for mercy. Um, it's interesting. Um, my, uh, my take on the sea was, um, was the North Sea. I mean, it would be nice if the lyrics gave us some consolidation as to which bloody sea they were talking about, mm -hmm. but they don't. Mm -hmm. um, Blitzkrieg tactics of the German command, born with the power of God in his hand, he makes his move to conquer the land, turning all hopes of life to... Uh, he isn't that... Is, uh, is he Hitler? I don't even know. Um, I don't think Hitler was personally credited with inventing, with, with, with coming up with Blitzkrieg tactics. Mm -hmm. But then I don't imagine any of the highly professional, highly dedicated... Um, Nazi generals um, would have particularly thought they were born with the power of God in their hands. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, um, it's just lazy, mate. It, it's, it's just lazy. It's just rhyming for the sake of rhyming, isn't it, basically? You know, it's rhyming um, yeah, without I mean, reason, uh, as it were. Well, it... <laughs> were you um, never sternly warned against... Um, rhyming four lines together just because you found four rhymes um, mm. by your creative writing teacher in English um, at age 11, because sure. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it seems juvenile, doesn't it? Four rhymes in a row just seems... No, that's too much, you know? Um, you, you want the ABAB, ABCA, ABCB, something like that. But AAAA, no thanks. No, definitely not. No thanks. Um, shall we... Shall we grit our teeth and like lift our rifles over our head and get waist deep into this mess? Do you want to? Is that your is that your way of saying move on to the chorus, Mo? Yes. Let's do it. Machine gun fire, blood level higher, visions of torture and terror to all. Ready for battle, awaiting the final command. Mm, there's your chorus, sir. What do you make of it? I don't. Um, <laughs> it's if Slayer had not already proved, even at this early stage of their career, on the other tracks on this album, they're capable of so much better. Um, even at their most apparently directionless, mm -hmm. um, you and I have both been able to mine some sort of meaning or a bit of beautiful and evocative imagery um, or an interesting rhyme scheme or an interesting use of meter. We've been able to do that with every single song so far. 
you know what it reminds me of? Um, this has just occurred to me. It reminds me of Baldrick's First World War poetry in the last Blackadder series. Oh, go on. Remind me. Um, I can't even remember, but... Um, is this the one... Baldrick writes... Some... Is this the one that Blackadder refers to as... <laughs> where Baldrick... <laughs> Baldrick has a book of poetry called, according to Blackadder, My Family and Other Animals. <laughs> Is that the one? I believe it is. <laughs> Very um, good reference, Doc. I think, but, yeah, um, Baldrick gets <laughs> to recite some of his war poetry. Um, and, um, yeah, I think I've got it. Um, I think that's the missing link. Um, I, I think Mr. Araya read some Secret Sassoon once, and I think he read some Wilfred Owen once. Don't blame Tom for this, Doc. This is uh, the work of Mr. King. Okay. Sincerest apologies, Mr. Araya. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, to coin a phrase, we're in the world of shit now, and the only way out is through. <laughs> Should we move on to verse two? Hiding in darkness from enemies unseen, awaiting our victory, ending his dream. Cursed are the souls who defy his will, all of which are tortured and ruthlessly killed. Blitzkrieg tactics of the German command, born with the power of God in his hand, shocking the world with his mass devastation. He puts all his power in the trust of one nation. Oh, I mean, it really is difficult to mine anything from it, isn't it? Because it really is just so root one. Um, it doesn't scan. The, the, the rhyme is rudimentary. The story, the, the, there's no real narrative to this, um, particularly. Um, it doesn't evoke anything. It, it, it evokes nothing. It, it, it doesn't create any images in my mind. It, 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 it creates no emotions in my, in my chest. It moves my soul, not one jot. I just think it's bad, Doc. It's bad. Um, it's, very, 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 it, it's very, very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, we know perfectly well that the members of Slayer are not ignorant about history. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that they study their subject. Uh, we know that they know of what they speak. Um, and uh, to, to be trotting stuff out like this is, is, is inexcusable. Um, there's a line here, um, mm. which is also unintentionally made me think of something completely uh, um, underrated, unrelated, sorry. Um, there is a um, strange Japanese soft porn film from the mid 1970s. <clears throat> um, and the title translates into English as, um, I've been abducted, beaten, raped and abused um, I was involved in a conversation once where the title of this film came up um, and <clears throat> the person to the one side of me said, there is a film uh, and the title of the film is I've been abducted, beaten, raped and abused. The person to the other side of me said, abducted, beaten, raped and abused. Well, someone just wasn't doing their job then, were they? <laughs> um, and just that line, 
all of which are tortured and ruthlessly killed. Sure. I, yeah. I, it, it's just like, no, tortured and ruthlessly killed, really. And, and, um, and just, and those first three words, it's so terrible. All of which, it's just, oh, you know, I mean, I, I know it's correct English, but it just, it, it, as part of a, as part of, a, you know, a piece of, pro, of, 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 of lyrics or, or poetry, it, it's just so, it's so prosaic, isn't it? It's so mundane. My God, it makes my toes curl, man. And it, it has the absolute opposite effect mm. um, to the effect that, um, any sort of atrocity exhibition song um, should have. It's making me smile and laugh about a subject that I really should not be smiling and I laughing know. about. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. All of which, it, it goes back to our kind of casual kind of slayer um, understatement, I suppose, you know. Cursed are the yeah, songs as well. Absolutely. All of which are tortured and ruthlessly <laughs> killed, you know. Not I mean, I, I, just don't, I just don't know why there isn't a line um, in between those two. Cursed are the souls who defy his will, not merely some of them, but all of which. All are of which, yeah, yeah. Um, anything else to say on verse two? I don't imagine it would have been fun to have lived through a Blitzkrieg at all, but mm -hmm. I don't know that torture was a routine. Um, as, I, I, I think the ruthless killing was, was, was a routine aspect of Blitzkrieg. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, 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 I don't actually think... Um, a band of trained sadists marched in the vanguard um, of the Waffen-SS when they um, stormed the borders of Poland, for instance. It's unbelievable how this track is having the precise opposite emotional impact from the one it should have and from the one which I think Slayer probably intended it to have. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing funny about the subject of this song. Um, mm. I shouldn't be laughing at it. Why, why, why am I laughing at it? Mm, mm. Um, the song is so laughable. Grammar. He puts all his power in the trust of one nation. So, no, let's, let's go back a line. Shocking the world with his mass devastation, he puts all his power in the trust of one nation. Now, I, I am presuming that, that, that Kerry's banging on about Hitler here. I can't imagine who else it could be. Um, now he puts all his power in the trust of one nation. Surely that's backwards logic. The, the, the nation puts all of their trust in his power, don't they? Not the other way around. Yeah. So <laughs> this is what so this is what so eleven year old about it. Mm. Um, when you're first made to study poetry in English literature class, when you when when you go to secondary school, or maybe even a little before that. Um, one of the things that you pick on is that a, a, a thing what poets do, right? Um, they switch the two ends of the sentences around and that makes it poetry, see? Mm -hmm. It's one of those things you cotton on to very, very early on in your adult literacy that poets do to make things poetic. Mm -hmm. um, what you don't have an appreciation for um, is that the poets who, you know, when, when your Keats and your Shelley um, and your Eliot do that, um, they do it in order to say things that can't be expressed using non-poetic English, using standard English. You pick up on the idea as stuff you do to make your juvenile ramblings into proper poetry. And I think that's exactly what, what's, uh, what's been going on here. I think you're right. Um, it's just forcing a rhyme, basically. Oh, Doc, I've had enough of verse two. I can't take it anymore. Let's move on to... We, we, 
we have the chorus and then we get to verse three. Here we go, here's verse three. They storm again, hunting, fighting, and killing all men. The end is near, our time now short. Our kingdoms have fallen as a result of his sport. Blitzkrieg tactics of the German command, born with the power of God in his hand. Withdrawn from fighting, he now takes his leave, seeking out goals that can't be conceived. What's he blathering on about? I'm going to take a deep breath and do my best to be charitable. Mm -hmm. um, um, withdrawing from fighting, he now takes his leave, seeking out goals that can't be conceived. I assume this is a, a statement concerning the fact that the individual Blitzkrieg campaigns um, seemed, at the time, unrelated. They seemed to be hitting random targets, um, and there seemed to be little attempt to occupy um, or to project power um, once the initial assaults had taken place. <clears throat> it became apparent later um, that the initial Blitzkrieg assaults were designed to weaken um, otherwise strong defences in important strategic locations so that a full-scale invasion um, could go ahead. The most obvious example um, is the initial attacks on the Maginot Line um, and, the Al and parts of the Alpine Line, um, which initially appeared to have little purpose and little effect. They weren't followed up with an occupation attempt. And it was only as the campaign against France intensified um, that it became uh, apparent that from the very beginning, there'd been a clear strategy behind them. Um, mm -hmm. And they were to make holes in the defences or draw armor or troops away from other places to shore up those breaches, seeking out goals that can't be, withdrawn from fighting, he now takes his leave, seeking out goals that can't be conceived. If I try really hard, I can squeeze this bloody octagonal peg um, of conceptual writing um, into the square, square hole of stuff what actually really happened. I've got a little theory about these last two lines. Go on then. I think, because all the way through, I think he's talking about Hitler. You're not sure about that, but yeah. if we go with the fact that he's talking about Hitler, I think, withdrawn from fighting, he now takes his leave, seeking out goals that can't be conceived. I think he's suggesting that Hitler is not really dead, and he's propagating, like, the conspiracy theory that Hitler didn't really die in the bunker, didn't really shoot himself, he kind of took himself away. He now takes his leave. You know, that, that isn't killing yourself. Is That's kind of, you know, repairing to somewhere else. Um, seeking out goals that can't be conceived. So he's gone somewhere else. Presumably, Argentina, whisper it quietly, Argentina, to, you know, conceive other plans for the Third Reich. Perhaps, for example, burrowing into the earth to live inside the hollow <laughs> you know that's my, i mean I'm, I'm stretching here because I'm, I'm i'm just trying to mine something from these god awful fucking words you're giving the song far 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 more respect than it actually deserves <laughs> um 
I will continue myself to attempt to take the high road and mm. I'll counter your speculation by saying that all of the other lyrics are references to the early stages of World War II, to the invasions mm. of the Low Countries and France mm. and Poland and the annexation of Hungary, the explicit reference to Blitzkrieg tactics mm -hmm. by the time that Hitler could possibly have been conceived to have faked his death and escaped um, the Blitzkrieg tactics were not in use at that point. Oh, it was well over, um, wasn't it? They, they, they were two years, two years distant, weren't they, by then? At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's rewind through the verse a bit and see if the ending makes any sense at the beginning. Um, oh, yes. But first, um, and this, this feels so much like um, an exercise in kicking an innocent puppy. Mm -hmm. Um criticize the poetry and the English grammar and the syntax um, in this absolute mess of a song. Um, I mean, you know, all I can do is just congratulate you for being my brother and sticking by me through this. Um, <laughs> you've, watched, you've, you've watched my back when the tracers came in. Um, you pulled me out of that spider hole. Um, and now the far bank is in sight. Um, <laughs> and if we can just avoid getting our asses wasted, it's only a short crawl home. Exactly. If, if you've got to go through it, I'm right there with you, brother. At the crack of dawn, they storm again, hunting, fighting and killing all... Oh, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this is the point where my, 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 my blank thousand-yard stare, um, catatonic non-communication... Um, just cracks in, 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 uh, into hysterical laughter. Yeah. Um, you know, um, this is where you find me curled up in my hospital bed three weeks later, cackling with laughter. Yeah, um, I'm going to repeat that. At the crack of dawn, they storm again, hunting, fighting, and killing all men. Good. Yes, oh, very good. My goodness. Yes, very, very good, Kerry. Very, very good. <laughs> That is your first ever poem, and it's very, very good. Well done, Kerry. Here's a gold star. Now go and sit down and never write that kind of shit again. <laughs> um, the end is near, our time now short. Our kingdoms have fallen as the result of his sport. Mm -hmm. um, what the kingdoms, kingdoms, presumably, being the like, European powers. Um, so, I mean, once again, it, it seems like almost an exercise in puppy kicking. Um, I don't believe France had been a kingdom since that unfortunate incident with the big steel blade and Louis' head. No, you're right. Uh, but, but, but you have to imagine that many Americans, you know... And we have many, I'm sure we have many intelligent American listeners, but, but there, there, you know, there is a swathe of American people who believe that every European country is a monarchy. Um, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, so, it, we, it, you know, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt there, I think. Um, our kingdoms have fallen as the result of his support, apart from the fact that the meter is horrible. Mm -hmm. um, did any, any member of Nazi high command think what they were doing was sport mm -hmm. um i think what they thought they were probably doing was was was, was war and occupation sure. i don't thought it was a laugh sure. i don't think i thought it was a game um but again you know he's forcing a rhyme isn't he he's just forcing a rhyme basically 
what can I say? Um, it's been an inglorious battle. Neither of us are getting any medals out of this one. But no. the important thing is um, we've hauled ourselves up the bank. We're over the wire. Um, and, you know, we will live to fight another day and we will get our revenge. We will. I think uh, we'll draw a, a line under the, the, the lyric section at this point. Um, I don't think, I don't think either, either one of us particularly enjoyed that. Let's move on. Welcome to part four of Slaytanic Vercast. Here, we just offer our final thoughts and summations and discuss anything we might have inadvertently missed along the way, as well as the all-important final scores. But before we do that, some details. Writing credits for this particular track. Uh, music was by Jeff Hanneman and Kerry King, and the lyrics were by Kerry King alone. According to Setlist, this track was played 99 times in total, joint 61st position, along with Kill Again from the next album, Hell Awaits, but was last played on March the 10th, 1986, at the Siegel Inn. Essex MD. Doc, what state is MD? Is that Maryland? Maryland, I believe. Maryland, is that how we pronounce it? Maryland. Okay, so that was the last <laughs> the last the, the, the last playing of that track. Um, so obviously, it, well, it seems to me the band kind of agree with us. It's a bit of a stinker, and they dropped it like a fucking bag of shit. Yeah, I mean, um, in summing up. Um, I'm um, going to have to refer to some some other song lyrics that are almost as good as these song lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to reference Downset here. I'm going to mm-hmm. open my notebook. Um, and if I can quote Downset, da-dun-dun, I got da anger. Da-dun-dun, you got da anger. Da-dun-dun, we got da anger. Da-dun-dun, the motherfucking anger. Mm. It's, it, it, um, it, it, it's, it's majestic. Kind of, I thought you might have gone for a little bit of, um, is it benediction at this point? I mean, <laughs> if, if, I mean, if we're talking about dunderheaded lyrics, <laughs> benediction often, <laughs> quite often take the, take the crown. Um, there's one that you know, I, can't, I can never remember, but, but you've regaled me in the past. Can you bring it to mind, Doc, or not? Oh my goodness, this is one that really should have come up in our discussion about um, reasons for accusations of misogyny in metal. (laughs) The song is called Down on Whores. Um, I don't know if you remember, we were once in the social company of a member of Benediction, um, and it's some sort of measure as to how little seriously they take themselves because when we made fun of this track he laughed along even harder than we did um <laughs> the, lyrics in, the, the lyrics in question are um and i'm gonna have to say these in an approximation of of, of black country tick the eyes tick the head leave them all for dead Ugh. that's it man yeah uh, the, 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 something in the back of my mind, I don't know if it was Benediction as well, but there is there is definitely a, like a like a dunderheaded death metal track that has the line, he gets indigestion as he's eating my intestine, which is absolutely... Oh my goodness. Absolutely I, I, I completely forgotten that one. Um, <laughs> I, I believe 
<laughs> I believe, and it, it's it's also a bit of Dudley dialect that, that might be completely lost if you don't know it. Um, I am in pain because they are eating my brain and I ingesting, they are devouring my intestine. <laughs> Sensational stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think I think Kerry has kind of plumbed those depths with this particular song. Um, I feel like we've kicked it enough. I mean, unless you have any real insights at this point, Doc, <laughs> I think we really, you know, it, it, it seems cruel at this point. I don't know whether we should just move on to the scores and, and get this over with, basically. No, um, I need to attempt a redemptive reading. Um, it's a piece of honesty on the part of the band. Um, they didn't want to cover their tracks too much. They didn't want to be too much in denial um, of a song that is an absolute stinker. Mm -hmm. um, the only other band who I can think of done something like this is The Fall, um, mm -hmm. who have made albums with terrible, terrible songs on them. Um, and um, I think Mark e. Smith uh, is on record as saying uh, mm -hmm. something along the lines of, um, well, we suffered through this, why shouldn't you? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a grudging respect for bands who will put warts and all material out, um, whilst at the same time greatly disliking them for making me put up with sl with slabs of congealed vomit like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it does everything. It, it's practically an object lesson um, in what a thrash track should not be. Um, it's got no heaviness to it at all. Um, it's got no, the music has got no intensity to it. Um, the music has no atmosphere to it. The lyrics invoke no sort of emotion at all. Um, they certainly don't contain any of the sense of horror or terror or pain or alienation that I think they would have liked to have communicated given the subject matter. Um, and, you know, sort of taking one note of positivity, um, the only thing you can really say is that um, they'll do this stuff again and they'll get much, much, much better at it. That's true. And, and for me, I think the, 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 one of the big problems here is that, you know, it seems to me that Kerry is desperately trying to cover ground that Jeff is much more versed in. And he just and he just seems to fall very very short. Um, if for the music, obviously lyrically, I'm talking there. For the music, really, I, I, I have nothing more to add. I think it's I think it's a stinker. Um, yeah. Yep. Scores on the doors, Doc. Um, I don't think I've ever marked anything I've been reviewing under any circumstances. I don't think I have ever given anything a zero. Mm -hmm. You've heard me grappling for over an hour with trying to come up with a redemptive reading, and I can't. Mm -hmm. um, Cannibal Corpse would describe it as butchered at birth. And zero loquescent swords. Zero? Oh, my heart. Zero loquescent swords. I never thought I would see the day. That is extraordinary. Um, for me... You know, I really, really didn't enjoy it. I thought the production was terrible. The riffs were pretty bad. The lyrics were, were, were beyond pathetic. 
Um, but, you know, they were trying their best, I suppose. And they could play. You, you know, know, I don't even think they were. Um, they, 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 I think they doc, were making this. Doc, doc, doc you've, had, you, you've had your chance. This is my score. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying their best. And oh, I can't give it zero. It's it's it, it's two mo mutilated skulls, and that's only because I'm in a really really good mood. Um, okay, that about does it for this episode. Don't forget to contact us on Twitter at theircast or on email at slatanicvercast at gmail.com. Join us next time when this time for sure we will be discussing the next track from Show No Mercy entitled Cryonics with a CS, because it a futuristic eight. See you next time, Doc. Bye-bye. Bye.